Welcome to the Swim Swam podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. Joining me today, I've got a very, very special guest. He is a sprint stud uh, from the Netherlands. He also swims for the universe, no, for North Carolina State University. Uh, and he recently just broke the 50 fly short course meters uh, Dutch record in just this past weekend. We have got Niels Korstanja Korstanji. Niels, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going? It's an honor to be here. I'm excited to get you on. You you are one of my favorite people to see on the pool deck. You're always so welcoming, so fun wow, to really? talk to. Really I appreciate that. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so g- g- let's let's start with the here and now. You just had a competition in the Netherlands this past weekend. Um, what's what what's your situation like right now? You've been how, how long have you been in the Netherlands? So I've been in the Netherlands pretty much since um, the NCAA shutdown. Um, which is in, I think the second week of March and, um, yeah, I got pretty hectic back then. I, um, had to pack my stuff really quickly and I thought I'd be away for like a month or two, um, which meant I didn't bring any winter clothes, which kind of sucks now, you know, cause it's been a little longer than expected. And, um, yeah, I'm currently training with the Dutch national team, um, in Eindhoven which is, which is really nice. I mean, the facilities are awesome. And with, um, with any like COVID related, um, things happening, like I'm, I'm almost like protected cause I'm on the, like on the national team. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now, for example, the, the, the COVID situation is getting a little, little worse and, um, they're, they're kind of shutting down swimming again and, and all, all sports in general. And I'm really lucky I'm on the national team now because that means like I, I can still train. Um, so yeah, like right now it's been pretty good. Um, but yeah. 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 I mean, certainly strange times. Um, yeah. You know, obviously, like you said, thought I'd be gone a month and uh, here we are at like month seven. Um, right. so it's, yeah, yeah it's very bizarre. Um, but it you is. were able to, you've been able to compete. You were able to compete this last weekend. Uh, like I said, you, you broke a national record. Um, how, how did the, t- tell me about the meet this past weekend. Um, so it was an internal national team meet. Um, it was held in Amsterdam. We have two Dutch national teams. Uh, we have the one in Eindhoven and the one in Amsterdam and, they hosted a meet for about 30 people because um, that was like the restriction, you know? So yeah, we, we all had the chance to, uh, to raise short course meters and it was the qualification meet for Europeans and world championships in 2021, like winter 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, and I qualified. So that was a nice, nice little plus, um, especially since we're kind of like fully training long course. Um, so it was, it was fun to be speedy again. Cause you know, short course, I think I talked to you about that once that short course yards is like super short course meters. Yeah. Um, right. And like, 
Um, yeah, now I'm used to racing short course yards a lot more, which makes that hundred short course meters are pretty long, you know? <laughs> um, so I, I remember, I remember Coleman Stewart after his ISL race saying that, um, that the, like, you can't swim a hundred, a hundred meters as a hundred yards. And I, I totally feel that. <laughs> so, yeah. That, uh, so, uh, I mean, obviously you swim the 50 fly. What other events did you swim this weekend? Um, I swam the 50 free, hundred free, 50 fly, hundred fly. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Full schedule. Yep. Yeah. It was, <laughs> I mean, it was fun racing again. Uh, I tried my best. I, um, yeah, I had fun. It was nice. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, tell me about your last, you know, seven months, just generally training wise, have you been able to swim this whole time with the national team? Um, you know, what, obviously you're in, you're in solid form if you're, if you're going best times in, in a sprint, but, um, you know, tell me about where you're at and, and what you've been doing for these past few months. Right. So when I got back in the Netherlands, um, first I wasn't allowed to swim for two months. Um, which meant that we kind of had to improvise. And um, as you might know, Dutch people bike a lot. So me and my brother biked every single day and we, we took long walks and we built our own gym in the, nice. the, um, the bike shed. Mm -hmm. um, so we actually made a, um, it's kind of a fun story. We, we built, we have an, a rowing um, trainer at home like a row thing, you know, and we, yeah. we attached the row thing onto the ceiling and then had like little paddles where you could pull on. So it kind of, mm. you could kind of do like the swimming movement, you know, like you pulled up and down, up and down. The rower and, never um, fell, did it? <laughs> it almost fell at a certain <laughs> point it broke. So we okay. had to fix it, but gotcha. um, that okay. was, that was a Good fun project. So we kind of improvised. Nice. And, um, yeah, after that, I trained in my home city, which is Nijmegen, where my brother trains too. Mm -hmm. Um, and that is, um, it's, it's a club team, so it wasn't as professional and, but I only thought it would last a couple of weeks. Um, but then came the, um, uh, I mean, obviously the issues with going back to the U S uh, that was a little, a little, little rougher than I expected. So I made the decision to head back to the national team in Eindhoven, um, cause of the stability and cause of the facilities. And, um, well, that's where I am now. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't know if you've made an official announcement about this. I don't, I, yeah, I don't know. So are you just, obviously everything is so up in the air. Um, yeah. are you planning do you have any plans to come back to the U.S. in this kind of school year at all, or are you pretty much set in Eindhoven um, for the foreseeable future? Right. Um, I think it depends on where where the situation goes. Obviously, it's it's really hard to plan right now. Um, but for now, my my main focus is the Olympics, and um, if like let's say I qualify in December and I don't have anything left, I might come back to do the NCAA or the ACCs. But if that conflicts with, with my Olympic um, aspirations, then I won't do it. You know, it's all, 
it's it's mainly focused on the Olympics and all dependent on the situation and where COVID's at, you know, and where the um, the vaccines at. Um, so right now, my plan is to, I would say, eighty percent red shirt this year, and like twenty percent let it go another direction, and I don't know where. So absolutely, yeah that 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 makes a lot of sense. Uh, okay, I want to I want to veer off veer off course just a little bit. You talked about Dutch sure. people love biking. I've been to Amsterdam mm-hmm. once and it was, I think it's one of the most surprising cities I have ever thought because you hear about Amsterdam, you know, you hear about the partying and the red light district and, uh, uh-huh. but, but I thought it was one of the prettiest cities, like the most pleasant cities to be in I've ever been in. Like I went there oh, yeah. and I was like, I would, I would, I would live here totally. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, uh, if, if you feel that way about the Netherlands and, and what Eindhoven is like from that lens also. Right. Yeah, no, Amsterdam, Amsterdam's extremely beautiful, especially since everything is so close together and they focus a lot on biking and on walking instead of driving. So that is one thing I really love, the fact that everything is close together and compact and um, almost like mapped out perfectly because I mean, I always say that the Netherlands is one giant park because every <laughs> little square square meter is thought of, you know, has a purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a thing I love, right? I can bike everywhere. Like if I'd have to get something from the store, it's literally biking for two two minutes and then I'm there. And the pool is literally right there. So everything's really <laughs> close and compact. Yeah. Um, and America's kind of more spread out and you really need a car. Right. So right. during my college first two college years, I kind of had some some issues with like, I don't know, I wasn't as free, you know, because mm-hmm. you need the car to get somewhere. But luckily I had my teammates who could, you know, give me rides and stuff. Um, but, yeah, no, I love I love nine. I've, I've actually began to appreciate the Netherlands more after being in the U.S., especially those small things like the fact that you can take a bike and just drive somewhere. That's just nice. Like it's something you only realize when you've been in a different situation. Um, but the, like one thing I miss about the U S is that it's so like rough and still like really natural, you know, the, like me and the guys used to go to the lake and just camp out and set up our hammocks and just chill there in Mm. the open nature without anything around us that like humans made. Um, and that's something you won't really see here, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's like two worlds and you got to experience it and you appreciate it like both way more when you like, you know, the grass is always greening on the other side. It, it, it works to just go to the other side and see your own grass, you know? <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. So yeah, I, I just, I, I wanted to get your opinion on the Netherlands cause I had such a positive experience there. We'll, we'll get back nice. on track, back to swimming. Uh, <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> when you were, you know, you're from the Netherlands, you made the decision to come to NC state. I've talked to you about this before, but I don't, I don't know if other people have talked to you about it. You know, what, when you came to NC state, what sold you on that program? Ooh, I mean, the thing that really sold me about um, about college swimming in general 
is the fact that it's all team related and the fact that um, swimming's not an individual sport anymore. Um, and that really stood out to me when I went to NC State. Like that was one very big thing that I wanted because um, I don't know, it's, it's swimming can be pretty lonely. You know, when you're practicing, you're looking at the bottom of the pool the whole time and like when you're racing, you're, you're pretty much doing it by yourself. But if you're doing that stuff by yourself with other people, like that just elevates you, you know, and that's something that really sold, sold NC state to me. Um, I remember actually when I was, um, my last year of high school, I was, so high school in the Netherlands works a little bit differently than in the U S like there's a, there's a chance that you fail high school. So like, mm. I would say like 30% of the people don't make it through high school and they have to like redo stuff. Okay. Um, that's it in a nutshell. And there was a pretty big chance that I would not make high school or like I would okay. fail out because I was focusing too much on swimming. Um, there's like different levels and stuff. So you would like drop to another level, but I was, I don't know. doesn't matter. So I took my trip, um, kind of with, with the reason, like either I try really, really, really hard to make it through high school mm -hmm. because like I have motivation to go here mm -hmm. or I am like, you know what, I'll take an extra year and I'll see where it, where it takes me. And after my trip, I was like, God, I need to make it. I need to make it because I wanted to go there. Like it, it all clicked into place and I made it uh, luckily. Um, and yeah, that's where the adventure began. So, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad I asked because I didn't know that that's, and that's, that's an interesting bit of trivia, uh, mm -hmm. events, but, but really cool, you know, again, like you said, kind of gave you that extra motivation to, make the push and, and make it happen. Um, right. what, what is, um, I mean, I'm guessing there's a different culture. Certainly there's a, I think there's, you know, different swim culture in America, different swim culture in Europe. I'm, I'm wondering in the Netherlands for you growing up as a younger swimmer, um, what was your training? Like, what mm -hmm. was your mentality behind swimming? Like, um, I would say, the biggest like swim specific focus was technique. Um, we in the Netherlands, we focus a lot on technique at the early, in the early years and don't really lift, don't really swim distance. Like it's all the technique, um, which like gives you a little, what's, what's the inverse of a head start? Like, uh, <laughs> uh you know, uh, like it kind of puts you behind. Uh, right. Yeah. It kind uh, of puts you behind in like the early years. Mm -hmm. um, and then, um, yeah, but like in the end, you see that Dutch people, like they, they grow bigger when they're a little bit older. Because um, mm -hmm. then they start working hard and they start lifting and they start taking swimming more seriously. Um, so, yeah, that's that was the main focus for me, technique. And I think I've built on that a lot. And it's still my main focus, you know, I'm always, I'm a pretty big swim nerd. So I kind of like, I work, I, I adjust a lot of like tiny things that literally don't make sense. Like it's, it's just fun thinking about swimming. Right. Um, but yeah, so technique, um, 
wait, wait, wait. I'm, I'm getting off, off track. Um, uh, so here, um, you focused a lot on technique as, as a younger swimmer. Yeah. Do you feel like that, um, that gave you the ability to enjoy swimming more than it, more than maybe just doing a bunch of yards or working really, really hard as a young kid? Probably, probably. Yeah. The, the thing that, um, I mean, obviously like what, what drives you in the end is, is like, like improving, um, and like that, that really helped me like improving from meet to meet and feeling that urge to keep improving. That's like, that's been the main driver. Um, and I think that kind of kept my spirit up, um, and like keeping my drive up cause I wanted more and more and more. Um, and yeah, that got me more and more serious too. Cause when I was a kid, I was just like, I didn't really, like, I just, I just did it, you know? But now, now I like need to really focus on the tiny details to get better. Um, so yeah, that drive to improve, I think that that's what makes swimming so much fun. Um, probably, probably a lot of swimmers will, will agree with me on that. Because uh, swimming can be pretty boring sometimes, you know, like I was saying, when looking at, looking at the bottom of the pool all the time. Um, but yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so you, you have, you have the drive to improve. That's what makes it fun. Um, did, did, mm -hmm. were you, were you always a big swim nerd as a kid or did, is that something that you've grown into in the past few years? I would say I've always been a swim nerd. I've been a, I mean, a pretty big nerd in general, just, um, with, with everything pretty much. I haven't been a big, like party kid or, or like a popular kid, you know, I was, I was always like the guy just, I don't know, doing my own thing, which, which I like, which everybody, which everyone like thought it was, was cool, you know, cause I was doing my own thing and I was, I was like, yeah, I just did it. And, um, I think that was one thing that really attracted me to NC state that everybody could just pretty much be themselves and just do whatever they'd like to do. Um, Cause I mean, in the end it's, it's, it's a group of guys coming from all over the place, just getting together and, you know, it's just clicking. And, um, the, like, like I'm a, I like, I like creative stuff. So this thing behind me, I don't know. Yeah. You can see it yeah, pretty well. No, I, I made that definitely. during quarantine. It's, uh, you made that. It's, it's, yeah, I made that. Nice. It's, um, I like, uh, slammed in a whole bunch of, um, what are they called? Nails, nails. Yeah. And I spun, um, rope in between them. And then, um, yeah, this, this turned out like that. I was, I was going to ask you about it, but I didn't, I didn't really have a question. I just thought it was cool, but that, really? Thank <laughs> that's you. awesome that you made that. Yeah. Appreciate it. <clears throat> um, yeah. I like, I like stuff like that. I like keeping myself busy honestly outside of swimming too yeah um and during quarantine that was much needed because there was so much time so tell me about what, it that's what it resulted in right this this keyboard behind me quarantine uh -huh. by quarantine. Really? <laughs> really oh yeah you you need it <laughs> nice. yeah yeah um so uh Sorry, I'm 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 bringing it back to swimming. Do you have a favorite swim Perfect. race? To, when you were a kid, 
Um, is there one, is there a race that stands out to you that you're, that you're always going to remember or, uh, or that, you know, maybe gave you an aha moment of like, wow, this is, this is something I really want to do as well. Right. Actually, I think, yeah, there was one race. It was, um, that's one that stood out. That's like when my life kind of like got elevated and I was like, damn, I need to take this seriously. It was in, um, in 2015, I went to Georgia, which is a country in the east of Europe. Mm-hmm. And um, it was the AILF, so European Junior Olympic Festival. Okay. And I won the 53 there. Um, and the circumstances there were, were terrible. Like the food there, we had pasta with like, like dry noodles with ketchup every single night. And we were not allowed to touch the, the vegetables because they were washed in water, which like oh. gave you the possibility to get sick. Mm-hmm. Um, so the circumstances sucked. And one thing that I really took from that tournament was that whoever does best in the bad circumstances wins. And I was not the best swimmer at that meet, but I did use... Um, I mean, kind of like the bad circumstances to my advantage because like I, I knew how to deal with not having the perfect circumstances, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, a lot of people, they just couldn't manage themselves. Like, for example, the 53, right? Um, we had the prelims, the semifinals, but during the semifinals, for some reason, they forgot to clock my semifinal <laughs> so nobody had times right it was i think i swam which was really good at that time like 23-0 but it didn't yeah. like there was no time which meant that we had to redo the semifinal at the end of the meet um so did they yeah, did they luckily, forget to luckily, time your heat or just you no the, the whole heat Oh. <laughs> like the whole heat pretty much got messed with it was it was bad and the other heat they had they had times <laughs> so it was just our oh, heat man. that they had to redo uh-huh. um but like i was good at handling the bad situation there and like turning it to my advantage um and the day after i won the 53 so that was one thing that really um really stood out to me also the fact that the chef de michon so like the um, the manager of the meet was Peter Van Hugenbond, um, right? Who's a who's a, I mean, I was, he's a swimming legend, and he was yeah. sitting on the um, on the stands while I was in the final, and also during the semifinal that didn't get clocked. So, <laughs> um, yeah, that, that really stood out to me. Yeah, you got props from Hoogie. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> um. What, why do you think, what, what prepared you to handle those bad circumstances? I mean, why do you think you were able to set yourself apart, um, you know, in, in those certainly in ideal, uh, circumstances at that meet? Hmm. I would say like having a plan beforehand, like I was, I'm pretty, like, I need a, before my races, I always write down what I'm going to do so that I don't really have to think about it during the races or during the tournament. 
um, which I already did in 2015. Like I, I kind of had a plan. Um, and by having that plan, I kind of had like my, my rope to hold on to with everything around me, just like falling at the um, wayside, falling, <laughs> falling apart. Exactly. Um, so yeah, that probably. And, um, like one thing, one, one other example was the fact that they didn't have the blocks with the, um, the wedge on the back. Mm-hmm. Um, like everybody probably of my opponent swam in a pool that was good enough to have a wedge on the back, but I didn't swim in a pool that had a wedge on the back. I was, I had a, a pretty, I mean, I wouldn't say a shitty pool, but it was, it was not the best. <laughs> pool. So I learned how to start without a wedge and mm-hmm. I use that to my advantage too. So um, probably the plan, probably holding on to that plan. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, having, having that rope, having that center of gravity that, that pulls you down and just grounds you, uh, certainly. Yeah. Yes. I mean, that, that sounds, that sounds really helpful. Um, and that's really cool. So, you know, we, you mentioned Peter Vanden Hoogen band, certainly a swimming legend. Um, yes. It, you know, multi-time Olympic champion. Was there, was there ever, you know, kind of similar question is that, do you have a favorite race that you've watched that you haven't been a part of? Um, but you know, man, we can even go top three here. The, we, I don't want to limit it, but you know, I'm, I'm trying to geek out. Um, and you know, do, do you have races that you've seen that, that you're like, yeah, no, I remember that one for sure. Ooh. Yeah. Well, one of the races I actually saw live was the hundred freestyle in um where was it in rome in 2009 it was the last meet where (laughs) yeah i I went there with my dad it was actually because i outgrew my dad so because (laughs) i was taller than him he gave Uh me that trip as like a gift um me and my brother both got it but um i went to rome with him and it was the last meet where they were allowed to wear the super suits right (laughs) so they were dropping world records everywhere and i was like like I literally didn't think a world record was, was special, you know, cause every single heat there would be a world record. Um, and I remember, oh, I think it was the hundred free, the hundred free where they just opened like maniacs. I think they opened like 22 O's, mm. which was like, like bizarre to me. And then, um, yeah, that, that one stood out. Um, probably it's not my favorite meet, my favorite race, but like, it's, it's one that I remembered off of the top of my head. I would say right now, my favorite races are Caleb Dressel's races, just because he, like, it's, like, if I'd race age group swimmers, like, I would be at the level of Caleb Dressel <laughs> racing the other top of the world <laughs> swimmers, you know? So, it's, I, I, I'm just so impressed by that guy, the way he revolutionizes swimming. Um but the way that Peter Van and Hugemann did that um, like 15 years ago, well, I mean, longer than 15 years ago, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, that was like, that was big. Like that kind of made my interest for swimming bigger just because he was so big in the Netherlands and um, elevated the sport of swimming here. Absolutely. <clears throat> I'm a, uh... I'm looking this up right now. So, so Vanden Hugenband, 
Fendi Hugen Bond. So I'm, I'm American. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, he had the 100 free world record. He was the first man to break 48 seconds in the 100 freestyle. Yes. He went 47.84, yes. which, which, you know, we had, I don't know, maybe three or four Americans do this year. And that's not a knock on mm-hmm. him. That's, that's saying like, that is still a very, right. we only, had three or, you know, maybe 10 people in the world went 47 this past year. Mm-hmm. He went it in 2000, 20 yes. years ago. And no yes. one else did that until 2008 when the, when the full body super suits were a thing. Right. Um, so he had the world record for eight years. So just, you know, some context on, uh, on, ha- on, on your point, how he did revolutionize nice. the sport. But um, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So interesting facts. <clears throat> He's still like swimming wise. He still is other than like the super suit era. He still is the fastest man in the 100 freestyle. Like if you just, if you look purely at swimming, right. He was, if you compare, um, Caleb Dressel start and Peter Van and Hugenbond start, Peter Van and Hugenbond was almost a second behind Dressel on the 15 meters. And he still went 47.8. So if, if you look purely at so swimming, Fannin Hugenbond is... was an absolute legend. He still is faster than um, purely swimming than, what's his face, from, um, from Australia. Um, Kyle. Kyle. Kyle Chalmers, yeah. Um, so Peter Fannin Hugenbond, he didn't do a single kick from the wall off of his turn. Um, and he still started with two feet next to each other when he went that 47, eight, which is like mind blowing. So that's That's... probably why nobody like improved (laughs) until 2008. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, yeah, this is blowing my mind right now. So, so pound for pound swimming, sorry, stroke for stroke, Peter Van and Hugen bands, 147, free, still the fastest hundred free in history uh dressel and chalmers just have better starts and turns uh right that's fascinating Isn't that crazy that's crazy. no it is fascinating <laughs> so yeah there's a fun fact for you um <laughs> and um yeah the fact that he he won the olympics twice in the 100 freestyle that's also pretty big like yeah. he didn't like just just imagine that god i actually um Here's another fun fact. I actually have them hanging on my wall. I don't know if that's weird, but there's. I think that's. I don't weird know if all. you can see it. Yeah. It's, it's um, uh, Peter Fenn and Hugabond in right there. Wait, yep. right there. Yep. And then there's Dressel right there. <laughs> um, and then there's Elon Musk and uh, the Weekend, <laughs> which are which are like my other two big idols. Um, those are good. That's a good wall. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. No, I, I picked them very thoughtfully. Don't worry. That's awesome. Uh, so two swimming idols, two two life idols. That's that's right. super cool. And uh, so speaking speaking of Dressel, he was also racing this past weekend. Um, mm-hmm. Did you catch the IS the the opening weekend of ISL? And if so, give me your thoughts on it. Oh, it was fun to watch. Like I love to see the. Um, especially the guys I used to train with at NC state, like Coleman Stewart and mm-hmm. Justin Russ, just 
blowing the walls out at ISL. Like I, I loved, I loved yeah. seeing Coleman kind of swim out the frustration from not being able to swim the, um, uh, the NCAAs last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, just, I don't know. It's just fun watching swimming races, you know, and especially in that setup, just where it's, it's all about racing and racing a lot. It's almost like a dual meet, right? It's not purely about times and fast times. Um, it's about consistency. Um, and that's just, I don't know. It's cool. It's fun to watch. Definitely. Did, yeah. do, do you think, do you think, uh, are, are you ready to take on the skins races? Oof. Oof. Well, I mean, maybe if you ask me in three years, I will, um, <laughs> which is after my, after my college career. Um, yeah. I would say that the NC state way of training is the optimal, um, get ready for skins races. Um, like one of the practices I remember, or it was Tuesday mornings. I think they're actually doing that now again. I talked to Braden just now and he mm-hmm. told me about that. They were doing the set, but it was the set, right? We start with 2050s on a minute all out, like best, like best effort, um, mm-hmm. max holding. So you kind of try to stay stable and every week you go down two. So the first week it's 20, then 18, then 16, and the rest goes up. So I think the first four weeks are, um, you do them on a minute and then on a minute 30, I don't like every year it kind of changes up, but mm-hmm. that said, I was terrible at it. The first year I came to NC state, like absolutely terrible. And I used to swim it. Um, so that like my last, my cup, my last couple ones were the fastest. Mm-hmm. Cause that's kind of what I learned in the Netherlands. Um, and Justin Arrest would hate me so much for doing that because he just <laughs> went balls to the wall from from the first one. I uh. just died the last ones. So it made me look good that the last ones were faster, but nobody really realized that I was like kind of, I mean, not chilling out in the first ones, but like not going as fast. Sure. Um, my second year, that went a lot better. Um, and probably like the next couple years, I'll be even better. Um which is perfect if I want to race skin someday, you know, then you only have to do three of them, which is nice, <laughs> but um, you have to make it through all of them. Um, right. But now I'm really good at my first 50 and then I kind of die down like most of the swimmers in skins. So I'll have to improve. <laughs> Definitely. So, so yeah. on that NC state set, do you go all the way down to two fifties? Yes. It's right before our taper meets. We, um, or maybe it's right before mid-season. Not sure, but we suit up. I think the last two or three weeks we suit up. Okay. Um, and we just go on like I don't know, like five minutes or something. Um, that's more. That's more my thing. <laughs> just, just pure speed. Yeah. What What was the best fifty that you were able to throw down on on one of those sets? I have no idea. I'm not, I'm not really good with times. Um, no, I have no idea. Honestly. Um, one that I can remember that was pretty, that stood out to me was one that I did in the Netherlands. We, um, we've been doing, um, paddles, fins racing a lot. Um, cause it's so powerful. Right. And 
Like um, I went a 19.7 in the 50 freestyle long course with paddles and fins. Yeah, I know. I went sub 20. World meters. record. I know. So that's how it feels like to be Caleb Dressel. Exactly. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That's that's like that was maniac fast. But um, um, yeah, paddles, fins, all out. That's that's fun. Um, but for the rest, I'm not really good with times. You know the um, yeah, meets <laughs> meets. That's where times count. Right? Gotcha. Yeah, that make that makes sense. But that that sounds fun. Yeah, paddles, fins, swimming, just pure speed. That sounds like a blast. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, it is a blast. It's so fun, especially racing on like a hundred meter, um, where I just go balls out, and then at the last like twenty meters. Or 15 meters my friends who are like originally 200 meter swimmers they just come at me and i try to hold on and it's like it's all just throwing arms and you know it's just getting there getting to your hand on the wall first yep that that sounds like a good time that sounds like yeah, a very good nice. time so so those are the fun practices <laughs> so that that seems like a good uh a good good wrapping up point so you know you're training with the national team in Eindhoven now. Next couple of weeks, next yep. couple of months, um, what are you looking forward to? You know, I know you said you, you've already qualified for Europeans in, in the winter. Um, so what? Mm -hmm. moving forward, again, everything is so for, un, unforeseeable, but in these next, just in the, in the next little window of time, um, what, what's, what's life looking like for you? Um. Well, so in the first week of December, we have Olympic trials, which um, probably will also be like 30 people max. Um, and so, so that's the thing that I've been prepping myself for. Um, but it's really hard to plan since, you know, everything's kind of like unstable. Um, so the only thing I can do now is just pretty much focus on yeah, the day from day to day, um, try to be the best as I can during practice. And, um, actually on like on Thursday and Friday this week, I'm going to have a, like a mock meet, a little mock meet where I'm going to race short course, uh, sorry, long course meters. Um, okay. so that's, those are the things that I kind of like I'm working, working towards. It's really hard because with all the you know, boringness around COVID, nobody really being able to do fun stuff. You kind of need to get it from like the small things instead of like the big fun things. Um, so yeah, I try to, I try to get it from the practices and being together with the guys and then like racing each other. Um, but yeah, so I'm living from day to day right now. That's, that's all I can do. Yeah, I, th I think that's all any of us can do right now. It's that it seems exactly. like the state of the world, but I'm I'm right there with you, um, Niels. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time to sit down and talk with me for a little bit. It's always great catching up with you, and yeah, hope, hopefully we can talk soon, and hopefully you're you're back in the states before too too long. Oh yeah, no, I hope so. I'm excited to see everybody again. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. 
You can take Swim Swim Podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.